0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com/giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to start a series that we're going to walk through, and um, over the next you know six weeks, including this one, a series on creation. And I realized the, 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 the word in there says Monday. And it's just kind of this, we could have just said first day, first, you know, first opportunity. We just, you know, because we want to come to the culmination uh, of the seventh day and the day of rest, right? And so the, I realized it was Hebrew counter be different. But, you know, beginnings is what creation is all about. And beginnings are really cool, right? The start of anything is kind of this amazing moment. You, you start with stuff, Right? Here's the, you know, right now, you know this season, January, February for me, is absolute crazy, and it's the start of, you've got a bowling season. I mean, well, you know, what else is there, right? I forgot to mention that, you know, we were hopeful that if you'd fill out your connection card and put it in the offering, that the free gift would be like tickets to a football game next Sunday. But I have no control over that. But that would be really cool, right? Um, but, but, beginnings, beginnings of things like that. There's new excitement. There's, you know, both Janae and, and, um, Gio, you know, started bowling season and even Riley started bowling season, right? I was like, do not embarrass me. Okay. So, but it's really cool, right? It's just to start like there's expectation, there's hopefulness, there's all that stuff. Start anything, start a new season, start a new year. There's always a little bit of hope. You know, it's the first week of a new year. It's the first, you know, I know we're a week or so in, but it's a new decade. Like it, those are weird moments because, you know, some of you have had more decades in your life than others. It's just the way that works. I'm starting to get more and more. And we're going to start this series on creation. We're going to go back to the beginning and go to Genesis, and we're going to walk through some things. And I'm just hopeful that God will speak through this process that we will understand what he did at creation, but what he continues to do in our lives through it. And so we're going to walk through seven days, but only one today. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I'm not like going to the end of the book when you're starting in the beginning. That makes sense. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we'll just stop there for just a moment. Because that seems like an understatement, does it not? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ten words that are crazy powerful. God created the heavens and the earth. Wow. Pretty cool. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Verse 1 gives us that simple statement, right? I mentioned it. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. It goes on from there, and, and we don't know. That, that might be a summation of all that's going to follow. It may be that he created a lot of stuff, and, 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 and it was there, but then he kind of adds organization and structure to it all. But the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I have no idea what that looks. like. Right? No idea. It's hard for me to imagine that the earth was ever formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. I don't even really fathom what that looked like. Right? I mean, it, it, it looks, I don't know. The ESV reads this way those two verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was all over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, people can give us all kinds of theories of what that looked like, but all I know is we don't know. But what I do know is God is about to do something with his creation, and he's going to add structure and form, and he's going to bring cool stuff. I mean, think about this for just a moment. If we were really going to kind of maybe think about what this might look like, if it were possible, I, mean, I don't know. I know people complain about you know the places they live often. Um, uh, people or people that don't live in places are like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, what do I hear all the time when I talk to people not from here? Come oh on, Kansas is flat. Say it all the time. Kansas is flat, and my response always is, "Ride a bike with me across the state. I'll show you how flat it is." be crying for mercy. Because it isn't that flat. Especially this side of the state, huh? now out there, that, that void and formless part of the state. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Western Kansas, didn't mean to offend you. Um, but when you think about that, when you think about void and formless, right? I mean, the only thing we can kind of compare it to is like the moon. Because, you know, like the moon, uh, yeah, there's craters and all kinds of stuff, but there's really not a whole lot there, right? There's, no really cool, like, mountains? There's not even grass. I mean, I don't like grass either. I don't like snow. I don't like grass, okay? Either one. you got to mow the grass, you got to shovel the snow. I don't like either of them. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, I'm a whiner, okay? That's all there is to it. But creation is all about bringing organization to the chaos of the earth. And we see here there's very little organization prior to creation. Look, there's no sin involved, there's no decay involved, but rather God has not done his work yet. There's nothing sinister or menacing about the chaos in Genesis. It simply is an indication that God has not yet done his work. God has a plan, and he had a plan, and we get to see that plan unfold as we walk through the creation story. We see the process of creation, we see the principles that God implements into creation. Well, there are laws, and there are principles guiding everything we see, and yet without God in that process, without God's hand in it, there would be none of that. It obviously took a while for for man to figure out all that God had done, all that he had done with speaking it all into existence. And we see from verse two that the earth was formless and empty, and water covered the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. But it essentially was an unorganized sphere of stuff that included water and other material that was not yet organized. So God, from the beginning of time, has been bringing order to chaos. God still wants to bring order to chaos. When we look around the world today, we see that there might be a bit of chaos here or there. There's a lot of emptiness. There's a lack of hope. God brings answers to every part of that. It is in those moments that we have to trust God will lead us and speak to us. Another thing we see from creation is that God is the author and sustainer of everything we see. If God was suddenly removed, and he suddenly removed himself from, from the world and from the scene, and was no longer active in the world, it would not devolve into chaos and sin. Now, we realize that the the Holy Spirit is a restraining agent in our culture today, in our world today. But if God removed himself completely, it would not devolve into sin and it would cease to exist because God is the sustainer of everything that's going on. It wouldn't be a free-for-all. It would be an absolute end of story. Hebrews 1.3. So as the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleanses from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. So, so God is sustaining everything. The truth is that science only exists because of God. We need to recognize God is in his role of creator is more than the maker of stuff. He didn't create and then set it all in, you know, motion and goes to his corner and does nothing. He is still the creator, sustainer, governor, provider of everything needed. For existence. In creation, God provided everything that was needed for life, and he continues to provide even now when there is more organization than there was on day one of creation. So let's get back to creation in day one. He speaks these words, Let there be light. Light is more powerful than darkness, and in that moment, God is introducing the basic components of human life and the cycle and rhythm of the earth. We know light is required for all kinds of things scientifically. And God introduces light at this point. What this looks like, I don't know, okay? Because, again, there's an interesting dilemma that's created here. Okay, Let there be light, but the sun is created later. Stars, okay? They don't appear to be created yet. It's just... It's hard for us to imagine. I don't know how this works. God's God. I'm not. I get it. He is creating light. He creates light. And he says, let there be light. And God introduces light to all things. And it's in this moment, in the creation of light, and in the theme of Genesis 1, God saw light was good. And as we go through creation, everything, God is going to say, and this is good. And then he separates light from darkness. He introduces the first day. This is just about impossible for me to understand how there was light and darkness, and God separated them. And I know he's creating the day we see it. You have to remember that God is revealing himself to the Hebrew people in a way in which they can understand. Like, we approach everything from our scientific understanding, our the, the things that we know scientifically, but here, you know, again, Moses isn't present at creation. Moses is writing the revelation of God down to the people that, so that they can understand. He is getting revelation from God to, to, to communicate what has happened, and what has transpired, and how everything has come into existence. And God called the light day and the darkness night. I'm telling you. If you don't think you need light, just go to places where there's very little light, right? Where there's, you know, up the northern areas and there's very little sunlight for part of the year. And there's other parts of the year where there's a lot of light. It's just the weirdness of that moment that people like vitamin D and all those things. People like that kind of stuff, right? And, and it's one of those things. But, but God creates that first day. He creates this thing called day because of light, and night with the darkness. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. So there we have it. The first day of creation is completed. The first sunrise and the first sunset. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're from Kansas or you're a Broncos fan. You believe something about sunsets, right? And orange. Is that true? It's true. And people love the sunset in Kansas. When, when you see pictures of sunsets in Kansas, like when you grew up where I grew up, you saw the sun go down about 3 o'clock. Only because it got blocked by building. Like, you never saw a sunset. You never saw a sunrise. Stuff was in the way all the time. You couldn't see it. New Jersey. This had pavement. And building. Right? The sunset. Like, when I can look out my back window of my house... On a given evening, when that sun's going down, and I have a perfect view of the horizon, I see the sun go down. Okay, I have to admit I don't see many sunrises, but I see more sunsets. Um, so you see the sunset, and, and, and you just see the awesomeness of God's creation. In that. It's incredible. But without God's sustaining power, life as we know it wouldn't exist. Another thing we learn is everything starts with God's words. God speaks it, and it comes into existence. That's pretty significant, right? God speaks. And think about that for just a moment. God speaks, and it happens. You're a parent. That would be amazing. Right? If you could speak to your children once and it would be done, (laughs) miracle. It would be so amazing. Sorry, kids. We have this really cool piece of technological equipment in our house called an Amazon Echo. Alexa's in there somewhere, watching everything we do. Ansel one day decides she's going to set a reminder. Alexa, remind Steve at 6 o'clock to bring me flowers. She thought she could speak once to Alexa, and it would just... I'm slow, people. I told her to put it in here. It would pop up, and I would... I bring her flowers, not as often as she wants. But if you could speak and it would be done, it would be amazing. I'm just saying, it would be. Now, I I probably would be a little selfish in that. I mean, we've made movies about this stuff, right? Aladdin? We like to be able to speak and ask for something and get it. When God speaks, it does happen. And it starts with His Word. God is powerful in His Word. And we need to recognize there is life in God's Word and God's revelation. Even today, in the midst of all the chaos and mess of the world, God wants to speak to us to bring wisdom and life. God reveals a mess to us. When God shows us a mess, it's meant to give us perspective. We have to keep looking past the mess and see the God who can take care of all of this function. When we see what's going on in the world around us, we as the followers of Jesus need to have confidence. He is going to speak into our lives and we can speak into the world around us. Right? Look, it happens often. We just have to be prepared to speak there. In the last two days, I've had incredible conversations with people who have walked up to me and you know the environment. People walking up to me in the inside of a bowling alley or because of bowling and they begin to ask me about situations they're facing and they're asking me for wisdom. And I have the opportunity to speak into those moments, right? When I can have a conversation with somebody and, and, and they can say to me, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. You're absolutely right. We are all human. It's going to open up for me those moments to say things like, I don't want to get theological with you, but you're absolutely correct. We're all human. We all sin. Right? Like we're able to walk through that and I'm having a normal conversation because we're having this conversation because somebody's going through a crisis moment. Another person walks up to me and it's asking me questions. How do I deal with this? I get the opportunity to speak into their lives and say to them, hey, the problem with our culture today is we only want to use moral high ground when it's to our benefit. We don't want to apply evenly. We don't want to actually Think in terms of how do we live morality, how do we live right and wrong. We just want to kind of apply it when it's beneficial to us. We don't want to really have truth and justice. We want it when it benefits us. Like we're able to talk these and have these conversations. That is a Saturday morning conversation in the bowling alley. I'm supposed to be coaching. And I was. I was able to have an incredible conversation of the day. Another one. Just where, where you have, look, God is going to reveal and He's going to speak into our lives. And then it's our opportunity to speak truth into people's lives. We, and, and it's not just the preacher, it's the creatures, it's all of creation. We all have that privilege and opportunity, and it comes from revelation. Right? It comes from God revealing himself into our lives. It comes from him speaking into our lives and revealing. Just think about it with me for just a moment. The disciples are in complete disarray. They've gone through this thing of watching Jesus down a cross. They, they, he has been resurrected, but they're still not everybody seen him. And there are a couple disciples who are on the road to this place called Emmaus, and what happens to them? This guy pops up and starts talking with him, meets him on the road, and they're talking, and they're like, oh, our hearts burn within us. And then their eyes are open and they see Jesus. And they recognize who he is and he's gone. That is unfair. I'm just saying. Jesus pops up, and as soon as they recognize him, he's gone. But he reveals himself to them, and it brings in them confidence and faith. And that revelation, look, there's not one of us that can do anything we want to do without the revelation of who Christ is. Like, without the Holy Spirit's work, we can't know Christ. He's revealing himself in us, but that doesn't stop just when we come to faith. He wants to keep revealing himself through his word, through, through the Holy Spirit's prompting. He's wanting to, to have an active involvement in our lives. Psalm 119, verse 18 says, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I had a conversation last night with somebody. I said, You know what? You probably need to, to check YouTube and find a talk by a guy named Henry Cloud called The Wise, Foolish, and the Evil. Like, like, speak into people's lives. Use what God gives you to speak. Look, this is not a person who's a follower of Jesus. I'm just saying, look, you need to look this up. Proverbs. There's, there's truth in there that can help people. Paul, praying for, for the people at Ephesus, he recorded Ephesians 1:18, it says, "I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance." Think about this for just a moment. Reading of the will. I'm your inheritance, that's terrible. You're gonna feel cheated. Uh, For you, you get Steve. What? I don't want Steve. I want the million. I don't want Steve. But God actually wants us as his inheritance. He wants us, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. All saying, "I want your hearts to be flooded with light, so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called His holy people, who are His rich and glorious inheritance." God actually does want me as an inheritance. He does want me, right? And all of us need to understand that God has called us, and that he would flood our lives with light, that we would experience revelation, that we would have the things and the truths of God revealed to us, and we would understand where we are, who we are, what we could do, how we could accomplish it, that he will show himself. Just like he does as he's doing this whole creation process, he's saying, let there be light. Peter, who's my hero in the scriptures, because <laughs> he has great revelation and he gives us hope that there's great grace and forgiveness in quick moments. <laughs> uh, yes. He has this moment of incredible revelation where it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit and by God that, that Jesus is the Christ, he's the anointed one, that he's the Messiah. And he tells Jesus that. It went to his head. (laughs) Because moments later, (laughs) get thee behind me, Satan. That's a fall from grace, I'm just saying. It's a big distance. But notice, there wasn't a fall from grace. Notice there was grace. Notice there was forgiveness. Notice there was still hope. Notice that God still worked in Peter and through Peter, and he still, look, we are all going to have moments of trouble. We're going to sin, we're going to fall short. That's what's amazing about God, is he still loves us. Our culture would say, you mess up, you're gone. You are now worthless. God says, I bring you hope, and I restore the broken. I bring order to chaos. I bring organization to and structure those things that don't yet happen. God is still revealing what he wants to do through his people today. He may not be creating new stuff in the way he did at the beginning of time, but he is still revealing himself to people. And I want you to think for just a moment with me about a guy named David. This eventually became King David, right? But, but he has this moment when he's in his teenage years where he is going to check on his brothers for his dad. And he shows up at a battlefield. And David sees the battlefield completely different than everybody else is there. David doesn't see what everybody else he sees. David sees something completely different. Why? Because he saw God differently. He saw God differently. He knew who God was. He had a revelation of who God was that the other people in the battlefield did not have. Why? Because he spent time with God. He spent time. His heart was turned towards God. So God shows God himself to David through just the things he experienced, and David saw God differently, which made him see Goliath differently. David had a greater revelation than anybody else on that battlefield. David, because of his relationship with God, had an incredible victory. He was fully aware that it wasn't because of anything he brought to the battlefield, other than his faith and confidence in God. David spoke what God had revealed to him, and he was confident. He knew about God, and it changed the outcome of the battle. This would have gone on for days and days and months and months, and eventually people would have just died of old age, I think. I think. I think they would just kind of wait each other out, which one dies first. I mean, just kind of, we'll just shout at each other for a while, and then eventually one of us is just going to die. And David said, this is stupid. I'm going to do something about this, because my God, the God that I serve, the God of all this stuff, my God is bigger than me. And 1 Samuel 17 says, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you. I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear, This is the Lord's battle. He will give you to us. Now, David makes a statement only because God has revealed himself to David. God has birthed faith in his life because of the time spent with him. And David had it completely right. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Interesting statement. Today, the Lord will conquer you. I will kill you. It was because David was efficient with his sling and his stones, although he was. The sling and the stone in the hands of God became an incredible weapon. And he takes out Goliath. And he knew he wasn't taking credit for it. He knew it was God's battle. He knew he was just cleaning up the mess that was left over from the chaos. He was just taking care of the clean job. We rarely see Genesis 1 as a place for us to begin with prayer. But my prayer as we walk through this series, and for us even today, is that we will see that God has designed a process. And if we will work with him and his process, we will see great things take place. My prayer today for each of us is let there be in the midst of whatever situation you find yourself, in the midst of whatever you may be facing, may God bring revelation to each of us to know how to act and to respond. May God bring faith in our lives and revelation to us that will help us and those around us. And everything starts with God's word. My prayer is that we will look to God's word and his direction to lead us to bring light into our world, and organization to chaos. From God's word and his presence comes revelation and vision. May we see what God wants to do in us and through us, and may we be willing to declare it in the midst of conversations and relationships that we have.